Hello and welcome to the Talking Global podcast series, a series of conversations about global realities of a youth worker and working with young people of today. We are your hosts, Leo Gilmartin and Dermot O'Brien from the National Youth Council of Ireland, Global Youth Work and Development Education Programme. This programme is funded by Irish Aid under the Youth 2030 Consortium, led by the National Youth Council of Ireland in partnership with Minute University, Trocora and Concern. Hello and welcome to another episode uh, of Talking Global from National Youth Council of Ireland. Um, my name, of course, is Leo Gilmartin and I'm once again joined by Dermot Daisy O'Brien. Um, now, today's episode, we are going to call it Where Do I Stand? Um, so very much the momentum from our first two episodes has led us to this point where we understand that the young people that we work with um, are globalized. They, they exist in a global um, environment and a global reality. But before we get further into that, well, where do we stand or where do I stand as a global youth worker or as a young or as a youth worker uh, who works with young people who are globalized? So we felt that definitely today, that idea of looking where do we stand, whether it be in the work that we do uh, or the issues that we're kind of tackling and um, was very important to get into. Yeah, and I think Leo, it's it's one of those. It's youth work is a unique space where, if you were to if you were to pull a hundred youth workers into a room and ask them about their priorities and what's at the core of their work and their focus and emphasis and energy and motivation, it's always outward looking at the young people. It's always about prioritizing them. And in recent years, we've we've had to look at things like burnout and things like our own well-being and self-compassion and how do we maintain our energy. Um, but I think this is another level because this is saying that if we are recognizing this concept of global youth work and we are actors in that, then there is, there's a mirror there in front of us that we need to look at and to say, where do I stand on this and how does it relate? How is it relevant to me as a youth worker? Uh, so I think it's there's something about how you and I can stimulate people out there in the sector. There is no perfection model out there. There's no checklist to say, once you're all these things, you are a global youth worker, you are the elite global youth worker. I think it's more about saying, have you considered these things? Have you thought about it this way? And I think as a collective, um, those of us in the youth work environment the more we share those awkward questions or those interesting topics um, and the more we look in the mirror and are, and are honest enough to share what we see, then the more we'll progress towards this uh, notion of the highest quality global youth worker that we can possibly be. Absolutely. And very much in this line of work, whether it be global youth work or if it, using this idea of development education, there are moments that present ourselves when working with young people uh, or sometimes light bulbs that we're trying to, to spark uh, in a lot of young people that we work with. But a lot of times that these sparks, these moments can first happen with the, a youth worker. Um, now, we're going to get into issues like looking at our values, looking at maybe different perspectives, looking at different beliefs. Uh, and very much when we start to think outside of our local bubbles or even sometimes our national bubbles and get into that global mindset that it can be an emotional experience, that it can be a powerful experience and very much once again a light bulb moment. 
Um, so as Dermot was saying, yes, reflection plays a big part to that. Uh, and it's something that we want to talk you guys through today. Uh, so we're going to get right into it. So we have a couple of quick tips. Um, now, they say quick tips when, when we look at one sentence, but even when we get into these statements, they're, they're, we could go very deep with it uh, and we can link to it to an awful lot of stories, whether it be anecdotal or, or scenarios that even myself have been in um, over the few years of understanding and building my knowledge around global youth work. So the first one we have is being aware and self-critical of your values, your goals, attitudes, routines, beliefs, stories, and assumptions. Be in control of how they manifest in your work. Seek to learn and grow wherever possible. Wow, that's a tip, Leo, is it? Yeah, yeah quick one. Just a <laughs> quick, quick tip, tip there to kick off. Um, the thing that jumps out at me straight away is the be aware and self-critical. So if, if you didn't say anything else after that, my brain would be saying, hmm, what do you mean by that, Leo? Be aware and self-critical. And I think that requires, a certain, again, when you get to values, goals, attitudes, et cetera, et cetera, my attitude towards self-awareness and being self-critical is crucial in that point. Um, and I think when I look across the world and I, I have my own personal responses and reactions to what's going on there, my own views, perhaps, um, and then the last sentence is about how they manifest in your work. So like, I don't think, and maybe this is their first contentious point, Leo. I don't think you can separate the two. I don't think you can separate who you are and how you are a youth worker. And I think if you want to try and reconcile it, then you've got to do all those things. Be aware and self-critical of your values, goals, attitudes, routines, beliefs, stories, and assumptions. And and that's where change and evolution um, and growth comes as a youth worker. And I think it's, here's a barrier that I would recognize straight away for this one is, am I, if I'm honest, so if I'm honest about um, over the last year having to reflect on high privilege, uh, that maybe I haven't done any depth on that before, uh, but it's come to light and and it, the light was sh- was shone on it as an issue. Um, that that's something that if I am unaware and not self critical about my start point for that, then how does it manifest in my work? Um, and I think it can manifest positively and negatively. But even the journey of that reflection uh, adds value to your youth workspace. Absolutely. And I think very much that idea of a youth worker or a global youth worker, if we want to keep using that term, uh, around that personal versus professional. Uh, And it's not always the case and it's not always easy, especially if we look at other friends, families that are the typical kind of nine to five, Monday to Friday, you clock in, you clock out. And you go home to your, your kind of private life and your private attitudes, beliefs, whatever. But in terms of youth work, working with young people, working at, at so much of these global issues, dealing with values on a daily basis, dealing with the emotional aspect of poverty, of oppression, of injustice. How could you possibly turn that off, leaving the office on a Friday evening? And if you do, what's the impact of that? And, and it comes down to the, the last sentence again about seek to learn and grow wherever possible. And it, that's an attitude. That's a principle. That's an approach to your youth work that if I seek to learn and grow and then beyond that, I have to believe 
that the young people I work with will benefit from that because that's what we want young people to do in youth work, to learn and grow. So for a youth worker to not embrace that at whatever level, we're not saying that everyone now needs to go out and unpack their whole existence and critically analyze it, but it, but it, because it's an ongoing journey. Um, but I think your approach to it and the willingness, it can have a really profound impact on young people. Um, and there's that piece about the world also at the moment, Leo, is very judgmental. So when you put yourself out there and say, I, I don't know where I stand on this, um, you're you're almost inviting people to say, well, you're wrong or yeah, I'm with you. And, and a stance nowadays is, you know, when you ask someone, where do you stand? Uh, I know we come back to this again and again, that that's not a, a binary thing. It's not here and there, left or right, pro, against. Um, I think it's it's about a, a journey of, again, your growth and development as a youth worker. Our next quick tip that we have then, uh, once again, a quick tip, um, is to recognize the relationship between our environment and the well-being of people all over the world. So in terms, once again, having the, we were talking before about lenses, the different perspectives that we can have as a global youth worker. So very much understanding and almost going back to those kind of five faces and um, very much that's what we're talking about in terms of relationships between our environments. Uh, and also did not forget that we're talking about people here. We're talking about young people's lives, people all across the world, whether it be in Ireland, whether it be in Europe or whether it be outside of there and understanding and recognizing um, the, the, the relationship between environment and well-being uh, of people all over the world. Yeah, there's a, something jumps into my head straight away, a story. I remember being on a study visit to Zambia um, many, many years ago. And part of the study visit, part of the requirement was that you would come back and that you would share stories of your experience so that people would could connect and, and explore the possibility of connecting the realities of what it means to be a young person in Zambia and, and Ireland. And one, one experience I had was I, we went to visit an orphanage where the children in the orphanage were all orphaned because of AIDS, that their parents had, had died from AIDS. And I remember coming back and doing a presentation in my local area and to young people and, and just sharing some photographs. And, tell, and one of the reactions was, well, I have my own problems. To deal with and that was and i was like well i'm glad you're i'm glad you're able to say that because that's what we do as good youth workers we don't pass judgment instantaneously and say out you go that's the wrong attitude but it, for me that's an invitation to say right you 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 do have your own problems so i wonder if we open that up then are we actually sharing the possibility and exploring the possibility that there's a connection between your problems and their problems and is that something worth thinking about, worth exploring more? And is there a connection between the why of the problems or do we, what's there, what's there to compare? Why is it that people maybe are dying of AIDS in Zambia and people are getting healthcare in Ireland if they have AIDS? I wonder what that means. And then, oh, well, if you're poor in Ireland, maybe you're not getting healthcare. Oh, I wonder what the connect. So I think... There's, there's always, it's that thing again, exploring the relationship is where the value is for me in, in the youth workspace. The next quick tip we have then is understanding that people from different cultures and societies may see the world uh, in a different way. So very much, that's a nice one linking onto what you were just saying there, uh, Dermot, about understanding that people, and especially 
when we're looking at young people and starting where they are at, that young people have very different understandings, very different experiences even. And it's not a case if we introduce an issue into the room that we're all going to start on the same page and we're going to see things the same as as our kind of other peers in in the youth centre and understanding that that is okay and and that's a part of the work. And, And it's that kind of understanding people that are coming from different experiences and different starting points uh, is very important in seeing that that world in that different way yeah and it and it it, it also gives us that again i see it, two two different sides to that one is there's so much to celebrate in how people see the world differently and what they bring uh, to that how do you do birthdays how do you do um, the celebrations and and then the flip side of it is that quote you only see the world from where you're standing and how that can be limiting that if you recognize that i only see the world from where i'm standing is 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 a trap that i can fall into whereas if i recognize a that that's a tr- some on some level a truth then i can move beyond it if i recognize it i can move beyond it and i, I think that's the same for all people if we if someone has a different view about about how about when children should go to work or what the, or what they should do in in work whether it's uh, kids go to work in a part of the world at 12 um and in Ireland that's illegal um and then maybe people who come to Ireland are still carrying that's their culture maybe that's something that's normalized or they haven't been exposed to a different way of doing things uh, and there's a tension between those two and and I think it's so important to 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 for the start point to be okay. That's what your experience is. Here's what the current reality is. This is the context we're in now. Uh, how do we adapt? How do we move forward? Um, and I think that that's where it's it's really important to that understanding piece instead of again ju- jumping to judgment and falling into the trap of thinking everything we do is better than everywhere else. And I think that is that's a, that's a real horrible start point to think that we are the superior. Our life, we have plenty of things to be critical of in our own in our own world and around us. Um, and there's always improvements to be found. But I think that understanding is a really important start point. And, and especially before we start the challenge, like we start the challenge in that difference, where we're kind of jumping too many steps ahead before we build an understanding, even for ourselves. Um, as that global youth worker, as somebody who will be leading, maybe that challenging in the youth centre, maybe that challenging in the communities, maybe the challenging that's happening on the streets between the young people uh, is also an important um, to building that understanding before we get into that challenging space. Now, another quick tip we have here is uh, to being open to learning from people who are new to your community, which I think is a fascinating um, look at very much like if we look at youth work, our, our communities in the last 20 years, how diverse parts of Kerry, parts of Limerick, parts of Wicklow have become uh, in the last 20 years and almost that idea of just white young people in our youth centre now is very much a thing of the past. We, we have global, uh, within our youth centres, within our communities, it's happening in the schools uh, and very much that idea of being open. How do we start opening the, the youth centre, the opening the space for young people, yeah, to be comfortable and to be empowered to almost to ask, um, whether it be, how do you guys celebrate Christmas or 
um, how do you celebrate your birthday or what's what's are, are we the same religion even what how do we start celebrating I suppose the differences and making a space especially that that youth center space has been a space that is open to this type of discussion yeah and it's I, I remember even back in the day when you'd have someone in your youth club from Donegal who's just moved to Bray and there's a novelty to that so we've done it like we do it all the time and have done it throughout our history is adapting to new influences a new dynamic that has an impact in one way or another a new something to explore about how do you do things um, and it, I think it's just got broader than that and it's more dynamic and to be fair as well there are new uh, we've got to adapt to new things that we maybe didn't expect um and that's or aren't or it's our first time it's our first time having to explore you know what it means to be from a far other part of the world um and we've had great experiences in bray uh, with european volunteers and even even that you think in your mind european volunteer one of our one of our volunteers was from germany but is originally from iran so what we're getting then and in terms of, as you say, op- being open to learning, we're getting someone who gives us the German context of her existence and then the Iranian context of her existence. And that's a the wonderful, wonderful opportunity to do that in a youth workspace that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Um, and I think we have more and more opportunities nowadays to invite people who are in the community into our spaces to share the stories of how they do things and to infuse that and and to teach us maybe how we can do things better or how we can adapt how we do things so that they're they really are more inclusive and that there is an invitation and a celebration and that when we combine all of the different ways or if we're open to it then there's learning but there's also positivity there i have found since working online and a bit of a challenge has been when you log into your Zoom and your participants start coming into the space and all of a sudden there's a name that you see and you've never seen it before. And how do, do I ha- be open and to be, and how do I put it out there in a, in the, I suppose, I, I mean well, I, I don't want to disrespect this person or put them on the spot, but what's the challenge here that, that I can somehow manage to, to, to get them to, to, to pronounce their name and that I remember it and, and to do it. So for me, that has been one new area where I suppose moving to online, I didn't expect this or I didn't, it wasn't on my th- thinking radar. And um, But if that was in a face-to-face, we've plenty of different skills or, or ways to to respectfully and, and, and kind of positively for the group and also in an empowering way to how do we start bringing in the differences as well and, and to make them a part of the space. I think you make a good point there as well, Leo, about online communities. So our community isn't only the physical space around us. And we mentioned that in the last podcast. So even that is an opportunity. And whether you're online playing FIFA or Skyrim or whatever you're doing, you might be engaging and interacting with people. And yeah, your focus might be the game. But there's still, if you have the attitude that there's something interesting here or this is i could learn something from this or it could be it just adds to your worldview um and like that the learning spaces now are also being i had an experience this week of armenian exactly as you as you described that had armenians Finns, spaniards and irish people um all in the same space and the first thing i did was work my way around and make a show of myself with my pronunciations and embrace that 
and get beyond it um and it, it because it creates a good spirit of of that engagement and that interaction and there's still a couple of Irish names that you don't know that they, they can be spelt that way or there's an extra DH or BH connected to to a name and you're like, wait a second, I've never seen that. But once you've heard it, um, yeah, you're like, wow, th- th- there's a, even a new way of traditional Irish names uh, being spoke, which I think is an amazing celebration that and and something new as well that, that we're seeing even in our what we would consider traditional uh, in some of the names that we see. Okay, a next quick tip we have then is recognize barriers to the inclusion of minority groups in youth work and strive to overcome these barriers. And I think is this is something that I would imagine most youth workers across the country of Ireland have um have had to tackle, have had to deal with, have had to uh, especially if you're, if you're doing workshops with with young people in the youth center where you're talking about oppression, you're talking about inequality, maybe injustices of something that is happening in a different part of the world. But what are some of the inclusions that are perhaps happening closer to home that perhaps we haven't realised? So very much a part of global youth work um, that that is very important is kind of recognising who is not in the room recognizing okay we're working with these types of young people this is the, the co- cohort that have kind of entered our space but who is not here who is not present but we know is in the community and are there barriers there perhaps barriers that we're unaware of at a policy level maybe even barriers to to just the location um, of the youth center of itself so how do we start recognizing these barriers and really getting down and start understanding at an organization level, at a practice level, um, at a, maybe even at an optics level, to what is kind of stopping perhaps um, groups um, of minority groups in the community to access in your youth club? It's one of the ones that I think if you, if you do want to lay claim to being a global youth worker or doing global youth work, I think that one is is a is a must have that you really really it, it, because as a principle you must be willing to recognize those barriers of inclusion and to shine a light on groups that may not just have the natural flow into what you're offering and and it is as you said there's a policy dimension to that which says that you're ready to provide an inclusive space. So if you put the work in, it's not about going out like the Pied Piper and trying to just go and pick up all the different shapes and sizes and colors and religions and ethnicities and that then you've you've ticked the boxes. I, I really think you have to look at your own. It's, it's that similar thing about looking at yourself as a youth worker, looking at what you're providing as a youth worker and saying, have I done everything to ensure that there, there are the most minimal barriers to the inclusion of minority groups and do i understand what minority groups means um, and am i open to the learning um about that and i think again myci it's a, it's a big part of the work of myci in terms of the eight steps to inclusive youth work it's so like it's embedded in the best youth work practice but i think in terms of global youth work it, it's for me it's non-negotiable if your space isn't um, hasn't recognized the the barriers to inclusion or isn't an inclusive space and can't show that, then you have a bit of work to do, I would say, in terms of be, being really recognized global youth workspace. 
And it goes back to that reflection piece to just even that powerful moment of you as a youth worker to start recognizing even these barriers from yourself, from your own practice to the organization. These are the barriers that, that need to be, first of all, recognized. And how do we start unpacking them? And, and of course, it's not just down to one youth worker who feels this. It's about bringing the approaches bring in the whole culture of the organization. And of course, that means the young people. That means your youth workers. That means your board of management. That means even maybe even the community itself, if it's the school, if it's the guards. What are some of the other kind of barriers or some of the other kind of key playmakers in removing some of these barriers? Now, the final quick tip we have, and very much touching once again, uh, around barriers, around looking at the nature, the culture of our organization, is being prepared to challenge discriminatory behavior within your organization at all levels. And it's very much, it, it might be something we're afraid to go near. It might be something that we're not aware of, or maybe we are aware of, but we're unsure of how to do it, or who is involved, or how do I bring in if, if there's somebody above me in this hierarchy that perhaps is using discriminatory behavior but how do we start challenging this and even once again we need to be prepared to challenge this and um, whether it be the young people who are sexist who are racist if we're working with youth workers who are perhaps sexist racist using this type of behavior that is a barrier and is a continuing a barrier uh, and is something that has to be challenged and if so, again, the, the wording is saying be prepared to challenge and the prepared part is really important, Leo, because to be prepared to challenge means you understand the nature and scope of the potential discrimination that might manifest uh, in your space. And and again, you may not be an expert on all of those issues, but if you have a, a non-discrimination approach or being willing to tackle it if it presents, then you've also got your values in place to say, well, these things aren't acceptable and we're going to tackle them when they manifest. And we're going to do it because I think like if you're prepared to challenge it, then you're prepared for the journey that needs to happen and where you're moving towards. So we would have like, it's been interesting. Anyone out there from the youth work world will will remember um, when there was the big debates about barring young people, excluding young people from youth provision. And the, the, the tension between having a no exclusion policy or an exclusion policy, which says, if you do this, you are not welcome here anymore. And I think we've learned, and I know for me, that as a practice is, um, is sensitive because when you exclude someone and maybe all other parts of their life uh, are filled with exclusion, then you could be the final nail in the coffin to their any chance they may have. Um, and, and the word I'm, I'm moving towards is transformation. And I think if, if we're doing anti-discrimination work, we're doing transformational work. And we're saying, and for me, there's a bottom line belief there that young people can change and transform. And as, as youth workers can, and youth leaders can, and anyone in this sector, that we it's worth the effort to, to have a transformational approach, which says, again, that recognition, here's your start point. That's discrimination. And we're going to move from that point to, a, to a, a new level of understanding or a change in behavior. And all the elements are, are, are available to us as youth workers 
to pursue that journey of change and transformation because once we have then i think that's where the power comes in in storytelling for for youth workers who may remember as young people when they might have been involved in discrimination or discriminatory behavior and they went on a journey of change and i think when they get to tell the story of that that adds to a societal transformation possibility um but that be prepared part at the start is really really important for me and another side of that coin that is a reality when you start seeing injustice when you start feeling inequality in your life that this challenge also happens perhaps in your personal life or your private life outside because as we said at the start of this this idea of taking the youth work global youth work hat off you at the end of the day it's not really reality. This is something that you will carry and hold with you for probably the rest of your life. Um, it is, I don't know if I've met anyone that's able to turn off those or put back on that blinders um, to, to being able to ignore injustice and to not call it out when they see it, whether you're on the bus, whether you're walking home, whether you're out with a few drinks with friends and these things come up. These are, unfortunately, the realities that we don't live in an equal world, that we don't live in a world where everyone feels strongly about um, change, about right and wrong, about equality and about justice. So this challenge, if we can't do it with our young people, if we can't do it in our own youth centre, where this is meant to be a centre for young people and for equality, well, then we are really dealing with an awful bigger challenge than perhaps we, we think we are so we hope today was a very much an opening um, and, and definitely we hope it was helpful in this journey I, I know it we said quick tips and some of the tips we threw out there they're massive and um, but you're not alone and um, i want to make sure you know that that we are here the national youth council whether it be the global youth work t- program or the inclusion program we have supports for youth workers, for young people, and we're, we're always offered to whether it be a chat on the phone or whether it be getting in and doing some hands-on training. Please get in touch with us um, if this is interesting you and if this is something you feel strongly about. So once again, thank you all very much. Um, we've a lot planned for the next couple of episodes, but we felt today was very much an important point of looking at us as youth workers as practitioners and where do we stand and what exactly does that mean